1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever! Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever! Fantasy Best Friends Forever.
0: Hour number two, Fantasy at Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Salsman, Frank Stample hanging out with you.
2: And we are joined today, as we are almost each and every day, in hour number two, by The Closer, Chris Venture. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's your boy, The Closer, Chris Venture here. And we speak at Paddock last night. Amazing. Amazing. That's guy. That's your guy. All those guys that declined the trade of Tommy Pham and Chris Paddock for Chris Archer or Jack Flaherty. I told you at the time, They're beating that was themselves a terrible up. idea. Because nobody trades, and they all got declined. I was giving them a great offer; mm-hmm. they still decline it. That's what it comes down to. And that was, a, and right now they'd be, you know, very happy with what they're getting. Tommy Pham also had a monster day yesterday.
3: He's Super having four. a monster season overall. Yeah, he's one of the best outfielders in the league right now. Um, is that a keeper league? Yes, a keeper league. I think you have to hold Paddock then. So we talked about this a little bit in the first hour. If you played in a redraft league, at mm-hmm. what point do you kind of? toy with the idea of selling Paddock because of the innings limit? Or do you just ride it out and say, all right, even if I only get 130, 140 innings, they're going to be really good 140 innings. I'm just going to
2: keep them. Mm -hmm. See, in like a league where we're playing in the pit league where ERA and whip matters more and uh, the innings don't matter as much. Head-to-head categories league, yep. Right. You don't need to, I think you hold. You don't need to trade him because the innings limit isn't really going to affect you as much. Whereas you're in a points league, innings mean a lot. And I think in a redraft points league, I would consider selling. While he's at, at an absolute right
3: high. Now. Top 20 starting pitcher?
2: Yeah. You get something I real good that. for him right now. What is it?
3: <sighs> I would have to do it. You know what? One name research. that popped into my head immediately, Greg? Jack Flaherty. I think I would do that. I would give up Paddock to get Jack Flaherty. You? I've yeah. watched Jack Flaherty pitch multiple times this year. He's got filthy, filthy stuff. stuff. It's he's crazy. nasty. Yeah. He's, he's struggled on the road so far this year. His home road splits are very bad. And he's had some tough matchups. Again, he he faced the Brewers, I think, three times already. Right. His underlying numbers are really good, though. If you can make that happen, I know it's hard to to part with Paddock. In the pit League, I traded away Pete Alonso to get Steven Strasburg. It was hard for me to do because I've loved watching Pete Alonzo play. He's been awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to trade him. But... To get back a starting pitcher, and, and before I even made the trade, um, James Paxton had gotten hurt too, so I kind of needed a starting yes. pitcher. I had to do it. So sometimes you just you kind of, e- even if you really like a player, you kind of just got to swallow your pride and whatever. Let me see what I could get for this guy. But if you're thinking about it logically, as, as much as it pains me to say, I think Paddock is awesome. Yeah. But if you do have concerns about the innings limit at some point in a redraft, especially like a points league, mm-hmm. I would throw him out there, and I think you might be able to get a top 20 starting pitcher in return. I like Jack Flaherty a lot, man.
2: Yeah, no, I do too. I agree. with you. I tried to. That, that's one of the things I tried to do was a paddock and a fan for, for Flaherty. It was declined. If I did paddock, I mean, you could do. There's people out there who will accept that trade, but it's hard. Now you're right. I like that deal you made with Strasburg. Starting pitchers are just super valuable, especially ones that are that good. Especially in our league, we're in a 14 team league with nine pitchers starting in our lineup. There's nine starting pitchers every day. We got to plug in in a 14 team league. You're throwing scrubs out there then. You know what I mean? There's a lot of teams that are throwing just scrubs out there. So to get a pitcher like that in return for a Pete Alonso, which you could get from, you know, you get a similar season maybe from a Christian Walker. Maybe not, but at least maybe a little less. Whereas you're gaining so much in that especially after the injury you just got. I think that's a great deal. Getting pitching is just hard to do.
3: It's hard to trade for pitching right now. Greg, just to let you inside the mind of some of the listeners and watchers and how they feel about Chris Paddock. William Friedman, no effing way I'm moving Paddock. And I think that's how most people would feel. No doubt about it. And to keep his lead. But, no but, way. But think but, about but it. It's also, when you react that way, there's no better time. Because that means right. everyone feels that way about it. Right. Everybody wants Paddock right now. I'm it's just throwing a, it out there. I wouldn't want, like, again, I, I understand
0: how funny it is to watch You this. also have to remember, it's not even just the way he's pitching, right? It's the feeling of fantasy owners that they got it right. That they nailed this, this young gonna guy. This was going to be the, be the guy. Be awesome. They got
2: him in the middle rounds of their draft, and they nailed it. Mm-hmm. You have that as well. It's like a ego boost a little bit. But here's the thing: the best fantasy owners are going to be the smart ones that sell because you can't have attachments to these guys. The best fantasy players don't have attachments to these guys. And when you have like this personal attachment, I don't want to let him go. I picked him right, and you know I'm just going to ride him out. It might work, but you ha- you know that innings cap is there. And the, and the logical and the smart thing to do is to sell him at some point. And, and now's the time you're going to get the most out of him. I mean, who knows? Maybe you get a little more in a couple of weeks. Maybe he has another two great starts. Now he's at an all-time high, you know, value. But it, it, how much more value are you going to get out of him than what you're getting right now? You know what I mean? I don't know that it's
3: ever going to be higher. Right. Look, he's got a 155 ERA. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I feel like a Chris Paddock fan club's about to barge in here <laughs> and, like, throw tomatoes <laughs> at me or something. He's got a 155 ERA. He's got a 343 XFIP. He's got a 176 BABIP against right now. Yeah. Even if he's the best pitcher in baseball, there's going to be some regression. I'm just throwing it out there. Without a doubt. He's, he's awesome. He's really fun to watch, but I'll just I'll throw it out there. It's almost impossible to stay, sustain
2: a rookie for, to sustain 155 ERA 1. 1.7 whip. Like, that's, that's
3: Clayton Kershaw in his prime. Like, you know, sure. you're not I getting that. You know, do you know... What team he came for, Greg, and what the trade was? I saw this last night. Did yes. You? I know. I saw it. All one. right, so I'll ask Ventura. Ventura, do you know what team Chris Paddock came from before the Padres? Was it the Red Sox? It wasn't. It was the Miami Marlins. <laughs> and for who? Fernando Rodney. Ugh. Like five years ago. Straight up? For na- no. I-, I don't know what, if there was anything else involved, but... And you know what? I started instantly thinking about this, Greg. This is the same Padres organization that traded James Shields away to get Fernando Tatis Jr. The Padres are crushing it right now.
2: Yeah. They are.
3: <laughs> and and let's, let's take this one step further. The Marlins, and look, it was uh, the ownership group of Jeter that made a lot of these trades and, and the, the general managers, whatever. But they are also the same team that traded away Luis Castillo to get Dan Straley. Padres, Marlins, Marlins.
0: (laughs) Well, to be fair, (laughs) that 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 got reversed. Don't forget that Luis Castillo tree got got reversed with the Padres because AJ Preller lied to the to the Marlins.
3: Wait, so was Luis Castillo originally be part? He was originally part of the Padres.
0: Was originally traded to the Padres in the. I remember this. What was the What was the deal? Oh,
3: I remember this now.
0: It was uh, for a bunch of players. And Luis Castillo, that trade got reversed
3: right, because right, the right. Padres
0: had lied about their players being hurt. They it traded to the Marlins.
3: It was, man, I remember it was some starting pitcher who like failed a physical or something like that.
0: It was Andrew Kashner, wasn't it? It was the Andrew Kashner trade. I want to say was it Kashner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, it Colin, right. it Rhea, yes, yeah. It was Colin. It was Colin Ria. Was Colin Yes,
3: it was Colin Ria. Yes, back to the, the Padres. It was the
0: Andrew Kashner
3: trade, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm reading it right now. It was Luis Castillo. The Marlins just didn't want anything to do with Luis Castillo, huh? <laughs> they did not want this guy. Nope. Injured reliever Carter Caps was involved. Yep, Carter Caps. Oh, he was right. good for a second. He's was awesome. Remember, yeah, Carter Caps was going to be the next big closer of the <laughs> right. future. Along yeah. with Kevin Quackenbush.
2: Jared Kosar oh, was another one involved in that, who was also a yeah, highly touted guy. Jared
3: too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, my goodness.
0: man. The Fernando Rodney trade was actually straight up Chris Paddock for Fernando that's Rodney. That's bad. <laughs> Oh he was man. old even then.
3: Marlin's good at Marlin, <laughs> man. Oh my goodness gracious. Actually, no, no, I I, to be, be honest with
0: you, I don't even remember Rodney on the Marlins. Like I remember him on It a was lot half of teams. a season
3: as like a setup. I don't
0: remember him on the I Marlins. I don't even remember him on the Marlins.
3: It was it was him and um Who was the guy? AJ Ramos. They were back into the bullpen. And they were kind of making a run that year. Brad Ziegler might have even been on that team. Yeah. They were they were kind of making a run... Um, it was, you know, Stanton was hot, the outfielders, it was him, Ozuna, Yelich, and like everyone was kind of jelly. D Gordon, that might have been the year or one of the years that he had like the batting title.
2: No, mm-hmm. yeah, but we can't bash the Marlins too much. I know this era is bad, but they also won two World Series. They're a, a very young franchise, technically, because... They haven't been around that long. And they won the World Series with no money. They got these guys and they gave them all away the year after both those World Series. So the team completely fell apart. But they still won two World Series in like a decade span. So that's pretty good. It's not good. They haven't been out <laughs> of the playoffs since. There's teams that haven't even won the, uh, haven't been right to a World that, Series no, in I,
0: I, ages. No, I I understand that. But the Marlins' way of operating is not, is not good. It hasn't been good. They just don't have so money, I mean, though. As much ha- as we're crossing them to like... They do have money. That's not true. They have money. That's B.S. That's, 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 every, every team has money.
3: Every team has money to spend. There was that's a report true. That any and They're team, also Miami's also not a small. Miami's
0: also not a small market.
2: That's any that's the Could have
3: afforded to sign Bryce Harper and Machado. Every and single no, and nobody team did it. You every know,
2: single team. They don't get uh, they don't get anybody to watch the games and stuff like Correct. they don't make money from that. I mean, I know any owner could spend any money they want. Like you know, there's yeah. no cap, so you could do what you want realistically. But these smaller market teams, it is harder. Try to figure out different ways. Like Oakland tries to figure out with you know with the Billy Bean Ball and all that Ooh, stuff. Money ball. money ball. Like you know, you try to figure out different ways. I don't know. I like, the Mar- I like how the Mullins won two World Series, can- though, in that time. Can you name every team Fernando, Rod- Fernando Rodney has played for? Uh,
3: definitely not, but I can try. <laughs> you, want, you want to try? Uh, H- sure.
2: Tampa Bay. Tampa There's Bay. Just ten of them.
3: Oh, my God. Tampa Bay, Miami, Oakland, Arizona, Minnesota some point? Last year. <laughs> Was he there last year? Yes. Yeah. Gosh. Um, you're missing the San fir- Diego. You're
0: missing the f- yep. only you missing the first two teams he played for.
3: Um. And who was he on back in the day?
0: And you're missing three two others. He
2: was on. Yeah, we got six. You're missing six out of ten. You're missing four out of the first five clubs he played for. Detroit? That's, Detroit, first- that's correct. That's the first team he played for.
3: Oh, yeah, and- It was him and uh, who was the dude with the big beard? Jose Valverde. No, no, not him. Zumaya? Zumaya. That guy Zumaia. was a nut job. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also heard himself <laughs> playing uh, guitar hero. Yes, so, he did.
3: <laughs> so that's bad. <laughs> that's something I can imagine, like Gabe doing.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, <laughs> bring back the rope. Gabe is a professional. Let's bring back the rope. Yeah, he, he plays, plays he's real guitar. Guitar though. hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got seven. We got seven out of ten. Yeah, there's
2: I do not I don't. Know. I don't remember. I feel like he played. One of them is
0: really gettable. The other two are tough. Oh, one of them's not that. One of them is hard. Did he pitch for Baltimore? No, Seattle. That's correct. Yeah. All right, Seattle was gettable. I thought.
3: Yeah. These other two are impossible?
0: One of them's really tough. <laughs> I don't think the other one is.
3: I give up. <laughs> what do you got? So
0: after him? the Tigers...
2: Yeah. Was he
0: traded? Nope. He signed as a free agent for two years, $11 million, with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim.
3: I was going to say Angels. I thought that... I
0: thought about that, too. He was
3: in a red jersey at some point like <laughs> that. Outside of Arizona, obviously.
0: The Mariners ultimately cut him, and he was then traded for cash considerations. This was one that I had no recollection of. The Chicago Cubs.
3: I don't remember that. I anymore. do
2: remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. That was a short...
3: How long was he there for? Not long, right? Like, how many appearances did he make in a Cub uniform, Greg? <laughs>
0: That's a really good question. I think you just had like his fan graphs paid No, out. I was Wikipedia up.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know. Very <laughs> Anna Rodney, what Very an fear. interesting career. Yeah. You know, say what you want about the guy. He's done it for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. He's, been one he's of had the, good years. He's, he had some really good closer years. Mm-hmm. Venture, I brought this question up uh, before the end of the hour. Someone asked us on Twitter last night. Nick Luciano on Twitter. Rank and this is going to be tough for you. There's a few guys on this list that you really like: him, mm-hmm. Anderson, yeah, Elvis Andrews, Jorge Polanco, Fernando Tatis Jr., Jonathan VR. Five shortstops who were, you know, maybe Jonathan VR wasn't undervalued during draft because he was drafted highly because of his stolen bases slightly. Because he also he's in Baltimore. But Elvis Andrus was a guy who was undervalued. Hori Polanco, Fernando Tatis, obviously once we knew he was going to start the year in the majors, he, he climbed up yeah, draft yeah, boards. Yeah. But before that, undervalued. And then Tim Anderson, we spoke about that a lot when we did our shortstop preview, how he was undervalued too. Right. So how would you rank these guys? You, you, you named five, right? Polanco. Uh, Tim Anderson, Andrews, yeah. Polanco, Tatis, Johnny Vr.
2: So I think number one for me would be Tim Anderson.
3: I agree with you. I
2: agree as well. Uh, number two, I would go with, right now, Polanco. Uh, I actually just picked up Polanco. Frank, Frank, Polanco last.
3: No, no, no. Did you? Well, he's probably doing it from a points league perspective. True, yeah. And if that's true, I would put Polanco second on okay. this list. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's
2: absolutely killing in points league, right? Yep. Um Three
3: would be... We'll do it from a points league, and then I'll do it from a roto.
2: Three w- for me would be... I think Tatis. Who's the okay? Signum. So we had Andrus.
3: Tatis, Andres, VR. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I would say Tatis three, uh, VR four. Andres is last for me.
3: Okay. From a roto perspective, I would put Tim Anderson first as well. Then I would put. Hmm. I would put.
2: Andrus is killing it though.
3: Man. Yeah, he's really good, man. I, I would put Andrus second. In roto, and then I would put Yar Tatis. Oh, man, I don't want to put Polanco last. I like Polanco a lot. Yeah. Batting average is awesome. He's basically he's, he's gonna give you three it, right? categories. He's gonna give you batting average. He's gonna give you home runs. He's gonna give you runs scored. The RBIs might not be there because he's gonna lead off or be at the top of the lineup, and he's not really gonna give you stolen bases. So he's a three category player. Okay. They're all really good, though. I like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to rank them last. I really don't want to. They're all, you know. Yeah. Tim Anderson first, Andrews second. Maybe I would put Tatis last on this list in redraft, just because he does strike out a lot. I think there'll be some regression in the batting average. Mm-hmm. This is a great group, though, man. I mean, I would be happy to have any of them. I, I, to be honest, I'd be happy yes. to have any of them. Elvis Andrus completely proving people wrong year in and year out. His stat cast numbers, I was just looking at it during the break. His sprint speed is not good. It's like in the 53rd percentile. He still has six stolen bases on the year. Yeah. Elvis Sanders, And he hits in the middle of the lineup in a really good lineup in Texas. We didn't think it was going to be that good. It's been pretty good. Been ba- yeah, better than we it's thought. It's a great ballpark to hit in. Right. He's hitting third, so he's going to give you RBIs too. And runs, because he's got, you know, Joey Gallo behind him. Mm-hmm. I get- give you probably 15 to 20 st- uh, home runs and stolen bases. And I know stats are going to be He might good. give you... Uh,
2: the homers... Oh, man.
3: I feel like the homers are I up. Liked, I like I like this group a lot. I like this group of shortstops a lot. But, yeah, I, w- I would put Tim Anderson first. Um, and man, I'd probably put... i put Polanco, let's say, fourth. And I'll, and put, VR- I'll put Tatis fifth. Tatis fifth? In redraft. Just because I oh, do I- think there's going to be some... He strikes out a lot. There is going to be some batting average regression a little bit for him. He's got to come back from the injury. I want to see how he responds to that too. He's right now, on too. May seventh, with him on the IL, I'll rank him. left.
0: We'll take a break here. When we come back, I want to mention what Vinny Velasquez did and didn't do last night, and his opponent Miles Mikolas and what he did as well. We're also going to chat about Trevor Bauer's night here. It's a fantasy best friends forever. the fantasy sports
1: radio network. 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631, 800-961-3631. Full-time fantasy. Nick Senzel is now playing in the outfield. But in the minor leagues, people know him as a second baseman. Well, he also was a third baseman. So I'm sure in a lot of leagues right now, it's, well, What is his position? Why do we make it so complicated in fantasy baseball? The Reds know where Nick Senzel plays. Why don't league commissioners? Why don't leagues? Why doesn't ESPN? Why doesn't Yahoo? Why doesn't CBS? Why doesn't everybody know he's an outfielder? How hard is this? Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
0: Fantasy BFFs. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ventura, Stanfield, Sussman, all hanging out. And I mentioned before I wanted to get into Vincent Velasquez and what he did last night and what he didn't do. What he did do was be terrible. What he didn't do was be good. <laughs> Velasquez went four innings, four hits, five runs, five walks. He struck out of three, allowed three home runs. On the other side, Miles Mikolas was excellent. Seven innings, three hits, no runs allowed, five strikeouts. We said it before. We said it last week too. Despite the ERA being under four, you could certainly drop uh, Vinny Velasquez at this point. Miles Mikolas needed a good start. His ERA still hovers around four, but he got a good start against a tough offense here, Frank.
3: Yeah, Miles Mikolas has uh, been bouncing back his past couple of starts, so it was good to see this, especially against uh, a pretty good Phillies lineup here. Uh, very tough one for a right handed pitcher to navigate, and he was just outstanding. Seven shutout innings. Three hits, zero walks is exactly what you want to see from Miles Mikolas. And after his really, really rough start, getting the ERA down to 4.02, and I think it's going to continue to climb, Uh, to continue to fall a little bit lower than this. He's not going to pitch to the sub-3 ERA that he had last year, but I think he is a pitcher that can pitch to three five, a mid-3 ERA. I think he could be in that range. I know a lot of people like to flock towards pitchers who get strikeouts, and I understand why because the more you have a pitcher that allows – balls in play, the more things can go wrong, obviously. Mm -hmm. But we've seen guys make a career out of it. What about Dallas Keuchel the past couple of years? He's been able to make a career out of being a guy who gets a lot of ground balls and pitches to contact. Kyle Loesch. Miles Mikolas, I think, is a guy, based on his stuff, too, like he doesn't have bad stuff. He doesn't have swing and miss stuff, but he knows how to pitch and he knows how to induce soft contact. Yeah, uh, and he's got like a you know a low to mid nineties fastball. He's got a pretty wicked slider too. It just doesn't translate to strikeouts for whatever reason. Right. when it comes to Michael we- Uh but I do I do think uh, he's going to continue this steadiness, this this strand of uh, well, I, I don't know what a consistency that he's putting together well, right three now. Out of, three three less four reliability, yeah. That, yeah. like as a, as an SP three, SP four, maybe even in some leagues. Yeah, I'd be fine with that.
2: And that's the thing. A lot of people think it's like, oh, I need to get guys that strike out. So Mikelos kind of isn't as rated as high. I feel like a bit underrated because of that. Sometimes, listen, there's a lot of bad pitchers out there that could strike out people that have nasty stuff. You were talking about Corbin Burns before. Um, there's other guys like Vince Velasquez, who is known to be a strikeout pitcher, but he just gets blown up and walks a lot of guys. You Sometimes it's just not good pitchers. So it's not all about the strikeouts you got to bite the bullet sometimes and take a guy like Miklos who can get it done and give you a, a solid six innings, you know, three, two out of three starts. You know what I mean? He'll give you a solid game and get you the points you need or get you the start you need. And, yeah, he's not going to pay a ton of people, but that's fine. He's not an SP1. You're not drafting him as an SP1. You're drafting him as an SP3 or 4. And that, I think that's about what he'll give you. Yeah, he started off a little rough, but he's starting to come around. Last three out of four starts, he's pitched very well. So, you know, if you're a Miles Miklos owner, you should be – you know, at least have a little happier than you are at the beginning of the season with him.
3: And I really like him in points leagues, too, because he goes deep into starts. He, yes. He's a guy who, you know, he went to, what was it, Korea and then came back. So he's been around a little bit. He's kind of a journeyman guy. Uh, they don't have to worry about an innings limit. They're going to let him, you know, throw as many innings as he possibly can. And he's going to get wins on a good St. Louis Cardinals right. team, too. Uh, the strikeouts aren't going to be there, which hurts a little bit for... Uh, Roto purposes, but if he gives you a good ERA, a good WHIP, and he's going to get you wins because he has a good Cardinals offense behind him, yeah. And I think you're all right with that. You know what you're getting from Miles Mikolas, and I think he's starting to do exactly what you wanted from him, uh, Greg. And we have a funeral on today's show. We can sure. And uh, who? And we just end the Vince Velasquez stuff. Oh. And we just do it. Okay. And we just put his fantasy value to rest. I know Hansel Robles isn't coming in, but uh, if someone downstairs, if you give me the Undertaker theme song. <laughs> and we could just have like a little eulogy for, for Vince Velasquez's fantasy do, value I, right? I don't want to
0: do it. Do I have to do it? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I said we. I don't know. Anyone can
3: do it. I, I don't want to, you know. I don't want to give the what, what are we doing with bit. Vince Velasquez anymore? He's had a he cut. He gives you a strikeout per though. inning. Anything else? No. Like, his walks per nine is 4.45. He's got a 386 ERA, 4.95 XFIP, 5.61 FIP. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> A more depressing song.
3: Oh, no. and the undertakes. This, this, this Since Velasquez, <laughs> you had years of upside. You had a few double-digit strikeout performances. And yes, you'll still give us a strikeout per inning, which helps in Roto. <laughs> but you're going to hurt every other category. ERA, whip, you walk too many batters, you give up home runs, Hits. you pitch in a bad ballpark. Tough division. Vince Velasquez doesn't go deep into games. I know you're only 26 years old, but I'm here to lay your fantasy value to rest.
2: Forever? Forever? Watch next year. It's the year of Vince Velasquez. 2020.
3: you Vince Velasquez. You can drop Vince Velasquez. <laughs> With this guy in the San Francisco Giants, maybe he'll be all right. Yeah. It's just—it's not going to work in Philly. It's not going to work for him. You don't go I'm tired of putting him in my lineup, getting excited about the strikeouts, excited about the upside. And then you get these just blow-up performances. Five walks, three strikeouts, five earned runs. I'm tired of it, Greg. I'm not going to leave him in my lineup for the one good start and then the three terrible starts that come after it. He's not even one of those guys where you say, I I take the good with the bad. Because there's just so much more bad than that. Right. It outweighs the good. It's over. I'm sorry. You can drop him, Greg. I know it's a very somber note for you.
2: In a 15-team, maybe you could stream him Or, or, or even own him, you know?
3: Anything, Greg? I Deep know this leap. is a tough time for Deep. you. I, I, I can't. Can't. <laughs>
2: he still likes him. That's fine. Can't. I don't like him. I don't, <laughs> own him. I don't want to own him. I just feel bad
0: burying him. He's, he's my guy.
2: He might, you never know. He could, could have a monster second half.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's always been my guy.
2: He, <laughs> he's not having a, a monster second half. He's not <laughs> having
0: a monster second
2: half. <laughs> uh, Well, what can you I do? tend to agree with you, Greg. Mikolas, also the quality starts. He'll give you a lot of those. Yes, that's the goal, obviously, with Miles
0: Mikolas. Um. One name I wanted to bring up here on this program was Matt Carpenter, who homered for the fourth time on the season yesterday. Venture, I wanted to go with you here. Because am- I like him, yeah. Exactly. Matt Carpenter was amazing last year. But he had a really, really, really rough April. Yeah. Same can be said this year, where he had a really, really, really rough April. OBP OB sits at three twenty-seven. The average sits, I don't know. Well, I'm not now we're- killing Matt Carpenter.
3: <laughs> we but like Matt
0: Carpenter. We- well, I think How, the Undertaker
3: music here. Not, oh, Hansel Robles is coming in the, in the room. Greg,
0: I'm not. I'm not trying to kill. What's what's happening there?
3: I don't know. All right, we, I appreciate I'm you not know. sure what happened. <laughs> you know, okay. Uh,
0: anyway, Matt Carpenter. So Matt Carpenter, OBP is 327. The average is 215. That's gone up in recent days as he's has three consecutive days with hits. He has six hits in his last three games. Yeah. Right not saying you're worried about Matt Carpenter, Chris. Mm -hmm. What do you think we should expect the rest of the way
2: from Carp? More of this. All right. But obviously the average isn't going to be super high by the end of the year or anything. But it's going to be better than 215. You know, last year had a slow start. Same thing this year. Now's the time. You should not, like, sell him right now. This is when he's going to go off. You'll be giving him away to somebody else, getting all the benefit of him. Uh, now is when you'll benefit from him. Yeah, he had a slow start. You just got to be patient. This is Matt Carpenter. This guy has been doing it for a long time. You know he's going to end up giving you a lot of homers by the end of the season, 30-plus. Uh, you know, he walks a lot. 327 OBP with a 215 average. The OB, you know, the the walk, the plate di- discipline for him is still great. Break. You're still getting production in the OBP category. Core, category from. Him. So he's got a couple of stolen bases. I think this is when you want to own him. So if you've been patiently waiting for the breakout, kind of coming out right now, and I think it will continue for a while. He will get into his cold streaks, but for the most part, the rest of the season, you should be okay with Matt Carpenter. That great. average should go up to 260.
3: Great song, by the way. Patiently waiting. Great song. Patiently Eminem waiting to make
2: you do all the hate patiently debating waiting whether waiting or the not that. you got to weather the
0: storm.
3: Oh, all right. <laughs> this guy. Well, Ventura is the rapper on the show, actually. So, nah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you want to start rapping, Restart. patiently waiting. Uh, but when it comes to Matt Carpenter, he is a player I would be looking to buy in a points right. league, mm-hmm. in a roto league. I do have some concerns. He strikes me as a two-category contributor, Greg, in a Roto League. He's going to give you runs scored. He leads off for a great lineup. And I do think that the home runs are going to come around. Venture, you said that he's going to get to 30. I think I don't know if he's going to get to 30. He's only at four right now, and it's already May 7th. Now, he can go on one of those streaks streaks that, you know, similar to what he did last year. But 36 home runs last year was by far a career high. Maybe he comes close to 30. But in a roto league, he just strikes me as a guy, all he gives you is home runs and runs. He's not a plus contributor in batting average. He, you know, Maybe he'll get up to 250, but doesn't give you RBIs because he leads off. Not going to steal bases, so he's really just a two-category contributor. I wouldn't be looking to buy in a roto league, Greg. I? Uh, if I play in an OBP league, yes. sure, yeah. that's something I would look into doing. In a points league, sure, I'll try and buy him there too. The batted ball profile, the line drive rate, the fly ball rate pretty much in line life last year, but the hard hit rate is actually down 10% from where it was last year. So he is one year older. He is 33 years old. Uh, maybe this is a time when we should kind of like lump Joey Votto in with him right now, Greg. Because I don't want to do that. I have yeah. concerns over Joey Votto, too. Well, I think They're Joey, like mid-30s. Joey Votto has way more baseman. mileage on him. I think Joey Votto's concern is more at this moment. Than Matt Carpenter? I would yes. agree with that. I, I'd be more apt to buy Matt Carpenter than I would Joey Votto. But I just, I still, overall, I just don't know that Matt Carpenter is going to live up to what people were expecting him to do this year. So I think that's why I'm kind of lumping them in together, because I I have serious concerns about Joey Votto. It might be one of those things where you just kind of like bite the bullet, because you can't, you can't drop Joey Votto. You can't trade him. You can't trade him right now. Unless you. I think you just kind of got to bite the bullet.
2: Unless you package him in a deal. He's got
3: five RBIs, Venture.
2: Yeah, I know. Joey Votto's got five RBIs. He, He. He's a guy... I'm, <laughs> what are we doing? No, I know. Listen, he has mileage, and he is a guy I'm concerned about because he's also older, like to the point where... He, what is he, 35, 36? Something like that, right? He's 35. 35. So that's when usually when guys start to deteriorate a little bit. He's now, getting
3: 226. Oh, I'm sorry. He has 6 RBI. 6 RBI. Sold him, sold him <laughs> short.
2: Now, Carpet only has 8, but he's a leadoff fitter, um, So he's not going to give you that, but... Otto's leading off now for the Reds. Yeah, so... He has been leading You're kind of expecting that. The run scored is going to be what... What he's gonna, what Vidal's gonna get leading off. That's what you're gonna look at. But anyway, Carpenter, 33. He's a not an old 33. Think about it. This guy came into the league when he was 26 years old,
3: but he's had so many injuries. You know, like his body's taken a beating. He's been beat up the past couple of years. Okay. He's missed time. He has so missed time. It kind of cancels out. You're right. That he got a later start yes. than uh, than most guys, mm-hmm. but he's also dealt with a lot of injuries. So. It's, it's a pro and it's a con. He started late, but he's had so many injuries. So right. he is kind of beat up at a 33 bit. years old. Okay, I think the batting average will get better. Yeah. I don't think he's a 215 hitter. He's a 250, 260 guy. Well, I get it to like 250. Right. But overall, I just I do have my concerns for him in Roto Leagues. It, 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 I understand he, he, might, he just might not live up to what you wanted from him.
2: I, I'm not worried about him in points leagues. or I mean, Roto Leagues, I don't, you know I guess you could be a little concerned. You're right. I'm not worried about the age is what I'm saying. Like, I, don't, I think you're going to get this year and one more really good year out of Carpenter, then the age might take a toll because I think he still does a lot of things well. And Greg said it before, early in April last year, also had a really bad start. So this could be like a trend thing. As the summer, you know, as it gets warmer, the summer comes, he gets better and better. I think you'll see that for Carpenter. Carpenter's a professional ball player. Like, he's been around for a while. He knows what he's doing. I, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I can understand Enroto being a little concerned, though. I understand the reasons to be concerned,
0: but I hate to just do this. Just look at last year. I hate to do that. But I think it's legitimate, Frank. Like, there was no sign that he was going to all of a sudden turn it around last year.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, he was hitting the ball extremely hard and hitting a lot of fly balls, and normally those things in conjunction lead to a lot of home runs. So I'm pretty sure, like, last year he was doing exactly that. He had the low batting average and the low batting because when you hit a lot of fly balls, that leads to a low batting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I remember uh, Modica mentioned it. I jinxed him last year. I said, you know, Matt Carpenter, uh, like he, I said he went over four. I said from now on, the Ofer will be known as the Matt Carpenter. And after that day, he took off. <laughs> do you want to say it again? Anyone else want me? Anyone Please else do want that. me to jinx right now? Um, Try my do you best say it again. Who, who, who a positive we, jinx you mean? What do we need? Um, yeah, yeah. Who's sucking right now that you want me to jinx? Joey Lucchese. <laughs> Maybe I should do it for Vince Velasquez. The uh, there you go. the, the getting rocked. Uh, well, no, well, I'm not going to do it for the Mets. I'm sorry, Martino. God, you guys still have really <laughs> good pitchers. Come on. You yeah, gotta, you'll be all right. Figure this out. Mets will be all right. <laughs> getting blown up in a start is now known as the Vince Velasquez. That's what we're going to do here, Greg. Trevor Bauer last night. he got Vince Velasquez.
0: He did. Trevor Bauer did get Vince Velasquez last night. He did. It was bad, man. It was, it was so bit, now, how do you if Vince Velasquez
3: turns it on, we're going to have to do a reverse, a reverse funeral. Right. We're going to have to, you know, we'll, we'll dress Venture up as the Night King or something. Sure. We'll bring Vince Velasquez that's back a, as a, a white walker. That's a lot of makeup. And, uh, and then, that's all right. We'll, it's not right. We I mean, do, you, know, <laughs> you know, you like to do all the crazy hair stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll do that. I'll we'll go. figure it out. I'm down with that. Bauer last night,
0: <laughs> 10 hits, 8 runs allowed, 7 were earned, 5 innings, 7 strikeouts. And his opponent, who has got who had the worst ERA in baseball, coming into the start. Mm-hmm. Seven innings, eight hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. That was Ivan Nova.
2: Mr. Irrelevant. Was it like
3: opposite uh, opposite day here at yeah. Cleveland or what? Did he, uh, <laughs> did he space jam all of his skill out of him? Did they, did they change skill here, Greg?
2: I'll tell you what it was. It was my boy Mankata basically wrecking him and uh, a couple basically, other guys. Tim, Tim, Anderson, Tim Anderson had a couple of hits. You know, they spread it out. But Tim Anderson and Makata are killing it right now. I mean, this team could blow up your pitcher by themselves. Those two guys. Literally.
3: Abreu was 0 for 5. I was watching this start yesterday, too. Trevor Bauer just left a lot of pitches in the middle of the zone. They did not miss it. He spoke about it after the start, too. He was obviously trying to, like, find a positive in what he did yesterday. And he's like, well, I was trying to pitch more in the zone because I've been walking a lot of batters recently. And, all right, well, great, Trevor Bauer. You only walked one batter yesterday. you gave up 10 But hits. you gave up seven earned runs. Correct. <laughs> I'd rather you go back to walking, guys. Yeah, but what, the one walk. So he was trying to, you know, again, he was trying to find the positives here. Reading the quotes about him, I want to see like, is there something I didn't know about? He's like, well, I wanted to pitch more in the zone in this start. I did. I wanted to limit the walks. It was something that you know was cognizant of coming into this one. He's he just said, credit to the White Sox, man. He's like, I thought I made pitches. They were just better today, and they massive. I mean, they weren't. That's were, what he said. They were significantly better. Mm-hmm. But it's just been a weird season overall for Bauer. Why, though? He's trying. I think he's trying to do too much. Man. I think so, too. He throws, like, five different pitches. He messes around with all this stuff in the offseason with his drones and all these pitching, analytic uh, guns and stuff that he has <laughs> And all the... Like, I think he's trying to do too much, man. Maybe. He's, like, introducing a change-up now that he's throwing more this year. He throws, like, five, six different pitches. This is what we've heard about Bauer for a long time. He has a lot of talent. We saw it last year. Right. But when the manager, and the pitching coaches, when they try to coach him up, he just thinks that he knows better than everyone else. Right now, guess what, Trevor Bauer? You don't know better than everyone yes. else. You have a three four two ERA. Fine. That's not the worst. It's not terrible. It's good, actually. But the Ks per nine are down, down this year. The walks per nine are way up. 4.1 walks per nine. That's the, that's the highest it's been in any of his previous... Six seasons that have been full seasons for him. Mm-hmm. Before that, I mean, his previous high before that was 4.04. That was back in 2015 when he had a 4.55 ERA. He walked 80
2: people that year, yeah.
3: His hard hit rate this year, I'm sure last night contributed to it because these guys were just squaring him up. 42.7%. That would be a, that would be a career high for Trevor Bauer. The swinging strike rate, down. The first pitch strike percentage, down. He talked about pitching in the zone last night. His first pitch strike percentage last night was still sub-50%, Greg. Less than 50% of the batters that he faced, he threw a first-pitch strike to those guys. Why do you look so surprised? I'm not surprised by this. Trevor Bauer, I mean, so this, I guess it goes hand-in-hand with both both him and Zach Wheeler. They made huge gains last year, and I was banking on those two guys picking up where they left off on the gains that they made last year. And it hasn't been the case. And and a lot of people, just everybody was pretty much on that bandwagon. Yeah, like Zach Wheeler has done some really nice things this year. He ultimately has not lived up to my expectation thus far. It doesn't mean he won't be able to. But Trevor Bauer, all the gains that he made last season in terms of limiting walks and limiting home runs and limiting hard contact and getting as many strikeouts as he was, all those gains that he made, Greg, we all kind of assumed that he would just pick up from where he left off. And it hasn't been the case. A very frustrating season for Bauer lots of really good lots of math yeah yesterday was just really
2: bad that's why I didn't I didn't want to overpay we'll take a break these guys go more in it I think, I think I'm done I don't know
0: we'll find out
1: Rain dance. Make it rain. Now, remember, the bottom three teams of this year all have an even chance. Even I chance. Think they all have 14%. Cleveland, Phoenix, and the Knicks. And it's hysterical. In a draft where I fully believe that Zion Williamson can be a generational talent, and you got a kid like John Morant, who I think can really help a team and be an all-star, watch the Knicks wind up with the number three overall pick <laughs> and settle for a guy <laughs> like Cam Ray or yeah. RJ Barrett or something who is a tier <laughs> below. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
2: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion. 2017, world number one. Me, personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course
1: Morning after. I knew Jeter was going to be a disaster. Jeter's like, wow, our headquarters aren't even in America. Just sleazeball like they put the Michael Cohen guy in jail for less than this. They didn't even get an office. They set up a P.O. box and, like, post office thing in in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. That's the Miami Marlins headquarters. Eric Jeter has the nerve to blame some, like, lackey, flunky guy or, like, the direction of the team. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. (laughs)
3: Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample joined by Chris Ventura live in studio. Susmania had some big boy things to go take care of. We'll hold it down here for the next 15-20 minutes or so. Up next we'll have full-time fantasy with Dr. Roto and Adam Ronas. I'm actually going to be joining Ronas at 3.20 today to talk about the NBA playoffs. So that should be a lot of fun. Mint. We were talking about Trevor Bauer before the break, Ventura. I wanted Mm -hmm. to bring him back up to you. Didn't really give you a chance to uh, opine on Mm -hmm. Trevor Bauer. Uh, I like that word. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag, though. Right. I'll open up the floor to you regarding Trevor Bauer. What have you seen? Do you have any shares? Why were you avoiding him? So it's all yours.
2: I just wanted to say something quick. Um, the reason why I'm not surprised is because, like, I wasn't on him as much as everybody else was. I feel like he was going a little bit too high for my liking just because, and I know he had a great season last year. And it looked like this is the turnaround for him to break out, basically, for the rest of his career. But there's so many years behind that where he had over a four ERA and, you know, just couldn't seem to figure it out. You know, he's got talent, but maybe he has mental issue with overcoming things. And, you know, he's got a big mouth and all that. He gets in trouble with the media. He's crazy analytical. He overthinks. There's a lot of mental, uh, you know, problems or issues at play here with Bauer, I think. So I didn't want to pay that much. I liked what he cost years prior, which was a lot cheaper. And I think you're gonna see something in between last year and, you know, the year before we had a four one nine ERA. I think he's somewhere in the middle of that. I don't think he's this as good as he was last year. Two two one ERA is, is absolutely fantastic. It's elite. I don't think he's that type of pitcher. So that's why I'm not that surprised that he's pitching two or three, four two, which is still very good. Let's be honest. It it's is. still a very good ERA. Especially um, in
3: this landscape of pitching. And he
2: still has sixty-two strikeouts in fifty-two innings. So the strikeouts are still very good. The walks are a problem, obviously, but He'll correct himself here, and but he's going to have blow-ups, and I think it's going to have to do with his mental capacity. Certain guys can't overcome certain things, or they overthink, or whatever the case may be, and I think that's going to be an issue with him his whole career, quite honestly. Uh, so I think this year is going to be a mixed bag. You're not going to be happy about it because you paid a lot for him and you expected a lot. I get it. But, I, you know, for me, I just never expect that. I do have, own a share of him. I'm in six leagues. I own one share of him, uh, so I'm okay with that. But I know he's a good pitcher. He's just not the great pitcher we saw last year. I don't think he is that guy. So that's all I want to say. I, I, that's why I'm not so surprised at this rocky kind of start. He's still having a good season, though. If you look at it at face value without thinking about, you know, where you drafted him, you know,
3: he's still having a pretty good season. Where would you rank Turbauer right now? You still think he's, like, a top 10 starting pitcher? No. I'd say he's top,
2: he's top 25,
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. He fluctuates
2: in that area. Well, there's pitchers that are coming up that are, you know, outdo, you know, outperforming him right now, like a Glasnow. You know, there's guys that are but, stepping up. You'd rather have Glasnow than Bauer right now? That's a good question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about that, Ventra. Glasnow has been really good. I think he has been great. He's cemented so he cemented himself in the top 25, maybe top 25. Because of last year, right now.
2: you're saying, or because of uh, for who?
3: Uh, Bauer. I mean, yeah, I mean... I just crushed the guy, but he's still not even having that bad of a he's season. Not. I mean, even yeah. after yesterday, giving up 700 runs, he's got a 3-4-2 ERA. But his past couple of starts have been very frustrating. Mm-hmm. I, and, I own him in multiple leagues. And, and
2: so. But that's what I mean. Before that, before Bauer's great season last year, he was a guy that was getting drifted well outside, outside the top, what, 30 pitchers? Top 40 pitchers even, right? Outside the top 40. Okay. So now all of a sudden he's a top 10. I say he's somewhere in between that, and that's what I always thought. Glass now has a 1.47 ERA, a 0.86 whip. The guy's absolutely dominating right now. It wouldn't surprise me if Glass now, by the end of the season, was a better pitcher than Trevor Bauer. Because I don't think Bauer is that good. I just don't. That's just me personally. I know a lot of people do. And I understand that. But I just don't think he is. I think he's more of a very good pitcher, not an elite pitcher. You, you know what I mean? You watch him pitch, though. Like,
3: he has talent. He the does. movement on his pitches is nasty. His slide piece is he nasty. Could be he throws mid 90s fastball. Again, what I said before the break, I, just, I think he just tries to do a little bit too much. Right. He introduces these new pitches, and he, ha- he was working on the changeup during spring, and he's been using that more. I think he's just trying to do so many different things. Why doesn't he just master his craft? Right. Master what he's already really good at. And I understand of why he's trying you're frustrated. to introduce new things.
2: You're frustrated. I know. Because like, it's a mental thing. It's not even his talent. His talent is great, his talent is elite. His mental capacity isn't there. It's just not. He doesn't have the brain. He doesn't have the, um, you know, like, you know how Eli is, where he's very like stone cold. He doesn't care if he does <laughs> something bad. He kind of just shrugs it off. I feel like he's not that type of guy.
3: Don't put Eli and Stone Cold in the same sense. But on. like he doesn't show I don't emotion. Don't even know if Eli's ever drank a beer. Yeah,
2: that's what I mean. He's like literally doesn't show emotion. He'll just go like this when he throws a touchdown. You know that he makes like, dumb <laughs> face, like, a dumb oh. face like oh yeah. But then he's like he moves on. I, he needs to be like that, Bauer. I don't think Bauer is like that. I feel like things affect him, and it lingers yeah, it with him. It all
3: the snowballs on him. Right. It snowballed for him yesterday. Right. Every inning, like, I would come back to this game every inning, something new's happening. Mm-hmm. What's going on with this guy, man? Especially against the White Sox, too. I understand they have Moncada, they have Tim Anderson. They got some good hitters, yeah. But this is a lineup that you should be able to dominate. They still strike out a lot. And they're they haven't been one of the better all around hitting teams no, so far. this The season. middle of the road. You should you should be able to pitch well against yeah, the that's White Sox. So, but you—that's what
2: I mean. You're expecting such elite performances. I don't think that I feel like the expectation is just a little too high. Maybe he's going to have some okay games and some bad games, but he'll have a lot of good games, and he is still pitching good. So you can't complain too much, right? You paid a lot, so it's like, oh, I want better. I want better,
3: you know? Yeah, I, look, I drafted him in the pit league in the third round as my SP1. Man, I took him as my ace. We Greg and I got him in GDD, 15-team roto league. You own him a lot? We spent 35 bucks on him in an auction mm-hmm. as our SP1. I think those are the only two shares that I have of Bauer. Okay. But That's not bad, then. Yeah, so I have two out of, I think I have like seven leagues. So two out of seven shares, uh, I, was ex- I was expecting some pretty big things. What I can tell mm-hmm. people is if you own him, I think you just kind of sit tight right now. Yeah, um, you can You obviously can't try and sell them or do anything after yesterday's start. It's just
2: it would be a bad sell right now.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about the Marlins and the Cubs. We haven't really t- touched on this game at all
1: so lost. far
3: today. Cole Hamills, I think a little bit disappointing last night. Three earned runs. Six innings, seven strikeouts. It's a good game, but against the Marlins, you I think overall I was expecting a little bit more. On the season, Cole Hamels, still been pretty good. three three eight ERA. The whip hasn't been that bad either. Strikeout per inning? No, actually, I, I remember I had I liked Cole Hamels. I made fun of Florio one day. He called in. We talked about Cole yeah. Hamels versus Kyle Hendricks. I remember that. And mm. I ended up with no shares. <laughs> I ended up with no shares of Cole Hamels, but I like him. Yeah. And the underlying numbers with him... Really good, three three eight ERA, three six six fit, three five three x fit. He's got a fifty six percent ground ball rate. Mm-hmm. The walks per nine are below three, which is good for him. Although lately the walks have been up. He's got a one point one zero WHIP, two oh two batting average against. That's that's probably gonna rise a little bit. Yeah, he's two thirty five for his career. He's only I think a, he's getting 240- what you expected, right? You got a two forty six Babbitt. He's two eighty four for his career, but yeah, I mean, if he pitches to a mid three ERA and that's a, very good, yeah, a sub one two zero WHIP and a strikeout per inning, oh man, you'd love that, yeah. You'd sign up for that every day of the week with Cole Hamels. Where you got him, yeah, yeah. But he's going as what, barely a top forty starting pitcher, right? So I was, you kinda, had him. Oh, I, no, I was in on this. Like, yeah. I was, I was in on him as a kind of renaissance. He wasn't going to do exactly what he did with just the Cubs last year, which was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a two three six ERA with that's the Cubs last year, but. Strikeouts have been there this year. The swinging strike rate's still there.
2: You got to be happy. The only yeah. thing I see is the last three starts, he has walked 11 guys in the last three starts, which yeah, was those can be a
3: 16 for him. innings.
2: That's a lot of walks. But listen, this is Cole Hamels. It's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. So I wouldn't worry too much. You get him what you pretty much wanted out of Cole Hamels right now. Yeah,
3: like maybe he's probably pitching around. I mean, look, I haven't watched his starts enough. I haven't watched every single start to tell you this yeah. is exactly what he's doing. But when you just said... He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to pitch. Right. I'm thinking maybe he's pitching around the best hitters of opposing teams. Maybe. You know, he's like, all right, I'm not going to let these guys beat me. I'm not going to give him anything to hit. I me mean, just walk these guys. Yeah. Because uh, you Pe-
2: know he's not that type of guy
3: anyway where he's wild. He's not wild. So. Pedro Strop brutal game in this one here, Ventura. I picked him up yeah. in uh, one of my home leagues, my points league, where I lost I drafted Cody Allen actually as my second closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a disaster. Yeah, that was a disaster. Uh, and then Pedro Strope in this one, he hadn't been terrible on the year, but he was terrible in this one. I, I- was watching this. Whoop
2: is ERA, yeah.
3: Three walks, one hit, didn't even record an out, three earned runs. He gets tagged with the blown save, the loss, the ERA now over five. I'll throw this your way. If he continues to struggle, who do you think would be the next man up in Chicago? They have Steve Ciszek, Mm -hmm. who has saved a few games so far this year. Brad Brock, who has some closing experience with the Orioles. And then they just recalled Carl Edwards, who threw a clean inning last night. Uh, If Pedro Stroke continues to struggle, who do you think is the next man up for Chicago?
2: I would say it'd be closer to Ciszek, I think. Um, I agree with you. But my thing is, if fantasy guys out there and everything, I wouldn't really touch the Cubs' situation right now. It's kind of scary. It's murky. You know, Strope's obviously he's got a five ERA now. Like, you can't really trust him. Uh, I wouldn't really trust any. c has experience. He has done well with the Marlins in the past. Uh, he has gotten saves before for teams. So he has experience. But, like, that's like a cheap closer you could grab off the waiver wire. I understand that. But you don't know if he's going to get the saves. That's the problem. I just want to stay away from Cubs' bullpen in general right now. I just don't want to touch it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, trust I don't, the situation.
3: What's the latest on Brandon Morrow? I feel like I haven't heard anything on him yeah, either.
2: he's just still on the IL.
3: He's yeah. always just oh, dealing with so many injuries. This is why he was moved we to the bullpen. He figured he would be out for probably a month before, before the season, during draft season, but now he's on the 60-day IL, um, which means that I don't know, we're not seeing this guy anytime soon. He's recovering from right elbow surgery, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a messy situation. Maybe they're a team that gets in on Craig Kimbrell once the uh, MLB draft passes by. Yeah. They could probably use him. They definitely They're, they're always good. a team that is willing to spend money, too. Uh, but if I am playing in a deeper league, like I do in a few 15-team roto leagues, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think it would be a smart move to C-Shack? throw a few bids in on Steve Ciszek. Okay. Just because, especially in those leagues, and we've said this before whenever Modique is on, you want to be... One week early rather than one week late. Yeah. Now, if Pedro Strope goes out and blows another save this week or goes out and has two more like rough performances, then everybody's going to be in on the bidding for Steve Ciszek. Right. But we'll see what happens the rest it, it, of this week. It's something that I would throw out there. If you a, play in a deeper league and you want to speculate, maybe you own Pedro Strope and you want to lock down both Cubs relievers just to make sure you yeah. have it. I think Steve Ciszek is probably the next man up. That's right. I agree I, with you.
2: That was a, the last thing I was going to say is that like it's a sticky situation when closes because like... It's not like a hitter coming up from the minors and you know he's going to get playing time and, you know, take over a role. Like C-Shack, you could pick him up and then Strop starts doing well again and he starts getting, you know, more of the saves. It could go back and forth. It could be a committee approach. It could be sloppy. But if you do get C-Shack and Strop in a deep league, you know, only in deeper leagues really, uh, then maybe you have it locked up. It's just hard to manage that, you know? One week, especially if you know weekly league, one week you might put Strop in and Ciechek gets two or three saves, and Strop doesn't get any, and then you know the next week Ciechek gets the saves. Like I just don't want to be a part of that situation. But if you need, you're desperate for something, I would, I would, I'm agree with you. Ciechek is the guy that you would want besides Strop.
3: Yeah, and I think in deeper leagues, in roto leagues where you just start the nine pitchers, a lot of people like to go six starting pitchers, three relievers, then. You know, you were probably taking Stroke very late in your drafts anyway. You probably have another closer. Maybe you start that closer, Strope, and shake So regardless of who is getting the save, you have that Cubs reliever in your lineup. Right. So that's something that you there can you look go. to do in deeper leagues right now. On the other side here, obviously the Marlins locked down the win. They win it 6-5. to five. We spoke about Fernando Rodney earlier and all the teams that he's been on in his career and how he's been a journeyman. He's a veteran at this point. How about Sergio Romo? He's <laughs> getting it done, huh? I mean, he's got a 6 ERA, but... He's got six saves. for The Miami Marlins. He gave up a home Look, they have ten wins. He saved six of those. Yeah, That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah. Anything on? no. Anything <laughs> on Sergio Romo? I don't want. To. Look, he's <laughs> he he's one of the right. lower. He's one of the lower end. Like, if you start a third closer in a roto league, he's like on the obviously extremely low end here. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel. But hey, man, he's he's, he's giving you done. six saves. He he struck out the side yesterday. He yeah. gave up a homer to Chris Bryant, but he struck out the side. So, uh, the ERA and the WHIP won't be great for Sergio Romo, but looks like he is fully entrenched in as the closer of the Marlins right now. I, do, I do. Earlier on in the season, a lot of people were speculating on Nick Anderson. He had that crazy strikeout to walk ratio. Um, Teron Guerrero is a guy that I've been kind of looking at the past couple of years. He's this huge, massive guy throws like 100 miles per hour, mm-hmm. but half the time doesn't know where it's going. So, I think Sergio Romo is a guy that. He's a candidate to be traded later on in the season. I don't know if any other team really wants him. But if he's traded, we're going to have to start thinking about who's the next man up for these Miami Marlins. If you're looking for that, yeah.
2: Uh, There was a guy I really was thinking about as a pickup. Was
3: it a Miami Marlin? No, no, I hope not.
2: Oh, no, no. You guys were touching on him before. Well, I mean, I'm sure everybody owns this guy at this point. But for some reason, in shallower leagues, he's not that highly owned. The ESPN leagues, Jorge Polanco, I just picked up. I picked them up in my home league, a 12-team league. Jorge Polanco? Jorge Polanco was in the free agent
3: pool. All right, well, we're going have to have a talk <laughs> with uh, with the rest of your league there.
2: I know. Well, the thing is, you know, the rosters are smaller. You can't hold all these guys. There's some good guys out there. you
3: got to expand those rosters, man. you got to add the middle infielder. you got to get it up to five outfielders. I Maybe try. add another utility.
2: That's exactly what I was going to The last two years, I tried to do a vote. Let's add a second utility because we only have one utility right now, nine hitters. And every time they decline, they like the way it is, fine. That's the way they want it. But guys like Polanco, I pick him up. He goes three for four, hits a homer yesterday. I'm on board with you with the Polanco thing. I wanted to say that. that Polanco should be owned in almost every league.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah, without a doubt.
2: Every single league. Maybe a 10-team league, there's no room
3: somewhere. But he's a this, shortstop, too. Is this real too. life? Like... Wow. So w- w- the whole time you we were talking about this, I was like, Venture's crazy. I mean, Jorge Polanco has to be owned everywhere. Right. He's only fifty-two percent owned in Yahoo right now. There you go, that's what I'm telling you. How he's is that possible? Under
2: the radar, man.
3: He's too good not to be owned. That's insane, man. Yeah, I mean the guy's hitting three seventeen. He's got twenty runs scored. He's got six home runs. I know yeah. here against the Yankees, he had a rough weekend. There's no doubt about that. He here go. Yeah, he went was cold. Old. He went over twelve. Yeah, he went over twelve, and he's still hitting three seventeen. Yeah, that tells six you where homers, he was at. Ten doubles, four Three hits yesterday. Two runs scored. A home run. Come on, everybody. Yeah, he's got to be owned. Jorge Polanco's got to be owned. You know, he's he's
2: actually 74% owned in ESPN leagues. He's more, he's owned more in ESPN leagues than Yahoo leagues, which is odd. You don't normally see Because usually that the, it's lower, yeah.
3: That is, now, but, I want, now I want to see how owned he is in CBS leagues. Yeah. Here we go.
2: Get on it, people. Let's see. Polanco. Jorge
3: Polanco, 88% owned. More like CBS. That's where the savvy owners. Play.
2: That's where the savvy owners.
3: For Greg Sussman. For the closer. Chris Ventura. I am Frank Sample. This was the Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Coming up next, full-time fantasy Dr. Roto and Adam Ronas. And remember, stay classy, fantasy owners. We'll see you tomorrow.